Welcome back to Clueless Content Season 2. Season 2, baby! <laughs> <laughs> We're here. This is the show <laughs> where um, <laughs> we try to have meaningful conversations. Oh, I st- okay, I still can't do this. We try to have meaningful conversations about things that we don't really know a whole lot about. I am one of your hosts, Becca Joy. And I'm your other host, Noah. (laughs) And this season, we have a lot of (laughs) exciting things coming up. Um, We have a few guests this season, which is very exciting. Um, We're going to be talking about people in history, people in modern times, fun ideas, different religions, um myths um and today we are going to be talking about a well-known person that no one actually really knows anything about um fitting for our podcast's theme so okay i'm gonna say the name of this person and you just tell me like the first couple things that pop in your head okay okay Okay, the name of the person is Marco Polo. Um, there's a book about him that my godmother used to have in a basket. He, I actually learned about him. Um, clearly it didn't stick in. Um, I think that he was possibly like a political figure. Maybe. Okay, but Becca Joy, like, when someone says Marco Polo to you, what are they talking about? The game. Right. <laughs> well, you told me what to say. What are you... Wait, what did you have to say? <laughs> okay, but when people say the name Marco Polo, they're normally talking about the game in a swimming pool. Someone has their eyes Wait, closed. Wait, what did you ask me, though? I just said, when I say this name, what do you think of? Oh, well, I thought of, I don't know a lot about him, but I learned about him. (laughs) I, like, low-key did not think of the game. That's kind of funny. I feel like most people would think of the game, but regardless, that's probably what he's known for, is this game. And um, not many people actually know who he is, what he did, why the heck there even is a game named after him where people... One person is closing their eyes in a swimming pool, trying to tag other people and yelling Marco Polo. Um, so he's a pretty famous guy, and why is he famous besides just having that game named after him? And seems like nobody really knows, and it's kind of a tragedy, I guess, to be dramatic about it. It's a tragedy that no one actually knows why he is famous. So... My goal today is to fix that um, and also bring up some bigger questions that um, this this guy's history and um, what he's known for today has made me wonder. Um, it's made me wonder who tells your story when you die. Um, is our legacy just, def- is it defined by our actions? Um, are we even defined by our actions? Um, yeah. So we'll talk more about that after we learn some stuff about Marco Polo.
So you said you learned some things about Marco Polo? Yep. And you remember? Basically nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Marco Polo is a Venetian merchant, explorer, and writer who traveled through Asia along the Silk Road between Whoa. 1271 Fun and fact. 1295. The Silk Road was a very important concept in my class that um, I don't think our professor ever taught us, but it was on the test. And somehow I managed to get the answers right. And, Um, (laughs) What a fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) Any of whom, traveling along that road between 1271 and 1295 until he and his father and uncle reached China. Wait, father and uncle? They were... Or same that is person? Correct. No, wait, that doesn't work. What? <laughs> <laughs> you said father and uncle, and I thought you meant like father and uncle, not Marco Son, Polo, father, comma, uncle. father, comma, and uncle. No, Marco okay, Polo yeah, and I get that. Marco Polo's father and Marco Polo's <laughs> father's <laughs> well, brother. Well, his uncle could have raised him, so. They... <laughs> Uh, when they got there in China, they were received by the royal court of Kublai Khan. Yes! And Polo was appointed to serve as a diplomatic representative and served for 17 years. Right. And he became very wealthy while he was doing that. Um, before they started this journey, uh, Marco Polo actually had never met his father. Um. Which is crazy. He met his father and his uncle, and they left to travel to China. Who raised Um, him? um, He was raised by, I think, his mother. But I feel like his mother... Oh, yeah. Okay, I didn't write this down, so I don't have it in my notes. But if I remember correctly, I think his mother died, and he was raised... Like, his mother died when he was young. And he was raised by another family member. Oh, interesting. Um, so his travels, the reason why people know about him is because his travels were chronicled by Rusticello da Pisa. Um, and, uh, um, well, okay, so Rusticello was not actually on the journey with them. But Marco Polo retold his own account of his journey to Rusticello, who recorded them while they were in prison together, um, which was a novel documentation of Asia, uh, novel meaning new documentation of Asia to the Europeans. Um, And it was kind of like the first, um, he's seen as the first to explore the first European to explore some parts of Asia and document the whole account. Um, yeah, so why is he famous in reality? Like, why is he actually famous? Not why is he known as the game? Um, but he was the first great explorer that inspired many other famous explorers like Christopher Columbus and others to go out and document the world uh, and create maps. So some consider him the father of uh, cartology. Um, 
and he fantasized the notion of exploration and made it a desire for people. So what is his legacy? Uh, his legacy is exploration, cartography, games, literature, television, etc. Um, Wait, why is yeah. TV his legacy? Uh, because people have um, taken the stories written down by Rusticello and made them into literature and television oh. and movies. Um, there's a Netflix series called Marco Polo. Mm. Uh, I haven't watched it, but I kind of want to. Um, some of his contemporaries, Marco Polo's contemporaries, and some modern historians also think that he was actually exaggerating a lot of his story to Rusticello. So we don't actually know how much of this story is actually true. Um, so as to why the game, Marco Polo, the swimming game, is named after him, nobody actually really knows, and no one really knows where the first game of Marco Polo was played or why it's called Marco okay. Polo. I think it actually kind of makes sense for it to be called Marco Polo because if I have my eyes open and I'm adventuring and exploring to the other side of the pool, then maybe it's like this thing where people like didn't really know where Marco Polo ever was because he was adventuring all the time. I don't know. Um, I feel like maybe. it kind of makes sense. I see it. I guess it doesn't make complete sense, but I see why it could be called Marco Polo. Um, some people think that there was actually an incident in which his father and his uncle couldn't find Marco, and they yelled out Marco, and he responded Polo uh, until they found each other. That sounds like a um, myth. Yep, it sounds very made up. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I, so I guess this just, like, has me wondering who tells your story when you die, and, um, are we, is our legacy, our actions, um, and are we defined by our actions, because, I mean, clearly Marco Polo isn't, because no one knows what he actually did, I mean, history buffs do, but no one who plays the game Marco Polo is like, hmm, did you know that Marco Polo? And then, you know, nobody knows about him for what he actually did. I... Yeah. It's a big question. I mean, I, don't, I guess that we, I don't really understand what your question is. Who tells your story when you die? Well, how do I know? By looking at how, who told it in the past, who has told people stories in the past. Well, I feel like it's a question that you don't. Okay, if you were. Okay, it's like Alexander if you died didn't know tomorrow. that Eliza was going to tell a story, and then Eliza didn't know that the whole, like, Lin Manuel Miranda was going to tell this story with Tommy Kale. Like. <laughs> So I feel like it's like, I feel like if you don't become 
this great person like Sally off the street, then like this, I don't know, if you don't feel like, if you don't become a great person, then the people telling your stories are going to be your friends and your family. But then like, if you become this great person like Alexander Hamilton, then maybe a person in the future will write a musical about you. <laughs> I don't know. I just... Like, uh... Okay, going off of Lin-Manuel Miranda, why did he even ask that question in his musical if it's not an important question to ask? Well, I think that that question was more, like... I think that Alexander Hamilton wanted someone to tell his story. The entire musical is Hamilton trying, like, my shot. Like, literally an entire song with themes that go through and are motifs throughout the entire musical about wanting to be known, about not wanting to be the small little guy who doesn't make a difference. And I think that uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda might have been asking that story to kind of pose the question of, do you want to, like, do you want to make a difference in the world or do you just want to be this little guy who isn't really known? Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I, I see that as an extension of who tells your story. Who will tell your story? Do you want your story to be told? How do you want it to be told? I mean, I think it's... What do you want your legacy to be? I think it's part of the question, but I'm not exactly concerned about who tells my story. Like, I'm not exactly concerned that a specific person will tell it. Okay, then will someone tell your story? Um, I don't know. (laughs) I I personally feel like I've not done many great things in my life <laughs> at this point. So, I mean, probably not unless I made a deep enough, like, unless, like, you tell it or, like, if I've made a deep enough impact in someone's life. But I highly doubt that. <laughs> I disagree. I think that I don't think that the question has to be in my eyes the question doesn't have to be will the whole entire world every single person learn about the famous Becca Joy who did this famous thing. Like I think it's even more local. Like after I don't know why but I think Humans have always had an obsession over, like, after you die, who will remember you? And even if that just means... And even if that just means your family. I guess I don't really understand your... I guess, reasoning behind asking the question. 
like what would be your answer to your question and then maybe i will change my answer to your question i don't have an answer that's why i'm asking the question Because I don't know the answer, so I want to know if you have an answer. I don't have an answer because I don't get... You don't think it's an important (laughs) question to ask? I don't think it's... For me, I'm not too terribly concerned. Do I want to make an impact in people's lives? Sure. Do I want to be relatively famous when I'm dead to my local community? Not really. Do I want to make an impact in like certain groups of people's lives? Sure. Do I really care if they remember me in 80 years? Not really. But also, I don't really think I had a lot, so it's not really Why sad. don't you care? Why don't I care? <laughs> Um, yeah, I care. I don't know. It just like if okay here, let me rephrase. If absolutely nobody on this earth remembers me in eighty years when I'm dead, and if I could like look at the world, I'd probably be like, "Oh, that's sad. They don't remember me." But in my eyes, like being like I would like to be remembered by my family I would like to be remembered by my friends and I will hopefully impact somebody enough that they'll remember me in 80 years but like those three things otherwise I'm like well I mean like as long as I'm in heaven it's fine like it doesn't really matter to me So I guess, like, I have other motivating factors. Like, my, I think some people, like maybe Alexander Hamilton, their motivating factor was, I want to be remembered. And for him, that looked like, I want to make a difference in the world. For me, it's like, I want to be remembered by people, but specific people who I've made an impact on, not like, the Catholic Church or the Aquinas College community. But, like, I don't know. Or, I don't know, I have, like, Dr. O'Hanley's little memorial card. That's not even what it's called. Whatever. Whatever that thing is called that they give out at funerals. I mean, I have that on my wall. And I think, like, I would aspire to be like Dr. O'Hanley, where he was such a good teacher and such a wonderful man that he impacted so many people who came across him, even like me, where I had somewhat known him my entire life, but then really only had him as a teacher for three months, but yet he made an impact on me. And I think it'd be really cool to be like that. Um, But if, like, the entire Trinity community didn't remember me afterwards, as long as I made an impact on one person, then that would, like, I think I would be satisfied. 
Okay. I think that that is a little more comforting <laughs> to me. I I thought you were saying, like, I don't care if anyone remembers me <laughs> as long as my family remembers me. I, I mean, don't I care. want at least, like, one friend to remember me. But, like, I don't know. Because I guess that probably means that you made an impact on them. But, again, I don't really think long-term. So, I'm just kind of taking it day by day. I think that it's important to ask the question and realize that what you do, even... Even for people who do believe in an afterlife, it's important to ask the question, does, do you care about what, does what you do in this life now have an impact on the world after you leave it? And I think, like, I don't know. I guess, I mean, I just, I guess I just keep thinking about, like, St. Therese of Lisieux, this 24-year-old girl, she entered the convent. Mind you, like, it was a cloistered convent, so she could not see anybody. And she entered that when she was 15 years old. So you probably would think, oh, she's not going to make an impact on anybody because she's been in the convent for, like, almost half her life. But here she is... I don't know how many years later. 200 years later? Maybe. Like, um, yeah, say 200 years later. I don't think it's right. But who she is a doctor of the Catholic Church, meaning she has provided substantial and new information to the Catholic Church. And a lot of people really, really like her. And she's super cool. And a lot of people think that. And so, I mean... I think that is a completely accidental thing that her mother superior, who was also her sister, like biological sister, had her write a biography or an autobiography, and that's what made her famous. But I don't like. I don't want to strive to be like, oh, I'm gonna go write an autobiography so that I remember. I would much rather have it be where the only people who remember me are the people who I spend a good amount of time with in her case, in St. Therese's case, the other nuns. And, like, if they remember me, that's great. Here's the thing. She wasn't that notable. So they probably weren't going to remember her until they read this autobiography, and then they're like, holy cow, like, this girl's actually really incredible and very saint-like. And so then it was, like, this completely accidental thing, and I would much rather have it that than be, like, Alexander Hamilton, where he, like, intentionally seeked it out. And so I guess I don't go intentionally seeking for people to remember me. Right. And the thing <laughs> is, like, they point out in Hamilton, even though he was intentionally seeking it, and Eliza decided to tell his story it's still like he's still not well known for what he actually did yeah i mean you know the name alexander hamilton and you might you know ninth grade he, history yeah and you might you know, know he wrote some federalist papers but 
So I guess that kind of leads to my, what I think the answer to my second question, are you defined by your actions? I think the answer is no, because it doesn't really matter to the person. It might not matter to the person who ends up telling your story, what you did more of like you've been saying the impact you had. Well, I think that, wow. (laughs) I think that the impact that you have a lot of times comes from your actions and it may not be like your physical actions, but it's like action, like movements of the heart, movements of the brain. So like your ideas, like Newton with gravity, like, is he remembered for much else? Uh, not as far as I know, or that I can remember at this moment. But, like, (laughs) he is remembered for his idea. And I think that, like, does gravity define Newton? No. I don't even know what that means, I guess. So I don't think, like, your physical actions necessarily define you. But I think in a lot of cases, your like who you are, which I think is made up by your actions and your, like your physical actions, your mind movement and your heart movements. Um, Where is I even going with this? So I think that like you kind of are defined by them, but like it also depends on who's telling your story. And if they're not really interested that I went to Aquinas College, but they're very interested that I, I don't know, um, Drew this picture, yes. No, that's physical action. Um, I don't know. They're very interested in my prayer journal. Then, like, of course I'm going to be defined by my prayer journal and not by the fact that I went to Aquinas College. Or that I um, drew that picture yesterday. Yeah. So I think it kind of depends on the person. I think that's why if you have to say yes or no, the answer is no, because it depends. Well, I think it depends on what you define action as, because I think that everyone is defined by some sort of action, but not not necessarily their physical action. And I think there's, I think, I think you're saying, I don't really know, because we don't even know how the game, which is how Marco Polo is kind of known, we don't really know where that came from. So how, like, we don't really know the stories that that one dude um, wrote about him from prison. Because nobody knows it, because everyone knows by the game. But then it wasn't even the person who Marco Polo told his story to who came up with the game, as far as we know. It could be, like, Maybe our great-grandpa came up with it because he thought it was funny. And then it was be, it would be our great-grandpa's fault and not the dude's fault from the prison. I think I'm using the word action to mean... Um, I don't know how to describe... Like, I don't want to keep using the word legacy, but... You know, like, there's certain things that when you read a history book, 
there's certain types of events, inventions, actions that um, are recorded. And what are what are those things, legacy things, action things that are you defined by those? And I think the answer is no, because if you, okay, I know Ale- the musical Alexander Hamilton is not 100% historically accurate. Let's just pretend it is for a moment and say, like, what if Aaron Burr is, okay, what if Aaron Burr was somehow reading or watching this um, historical reenactment of his of Alexander Hamilton's life, but to Burr, that is not who Alexander Hamilton is. Like there's something to the people that know the person, the way history writes that person's action and makes them who we know them as is not the same as what people who knew the person know the rest. Does that make sense? I mean, so you're saying, like, if Carolyn knows me, then she's going to think of me in one way. But if the... (laughs) In 80 years, you become... I'm just so self-centered saying this. But if Aquinas College erects a memorial, right. is that the right word? Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Erects a memorial, I don't think that's the word, in my honor. And then they say, oh, Becca Joy, she made this contribution mm-hmm. and this contribution. And then Carolyn's like, well, that's not really who she is. Like, she sometimes gets really mad. Like, I don't know. Or even. <laughs> So, which I think, like, um, I think that it's natural for history to, I don't like that, but as history or big institutions, whatever, to remember people for their great things. Or their bad things. I think that's just natural because, like, they're great things, whether it's good or bad. Um, I guess the big things would be a better word. Um. I think history remembers people for their big things, which, like, yeah, okay. Like, if you didn't do anything big in your life, you're probably not going to be remembered that much. Do you think that, like, you saying that just, it doesn't make, it's like mixed emotions inside, like, kind of angry, upset sad disappointed like i that irks me that i don't i will not ever know the story of joe jonas as his brothers know him or even as my neighbor who i don't know very well i mean I think it's a disappointment, but also, first, we can't remember every detail of every person's life. 
But then second, or even there's semi-great things, because that might be a lot. Um, But second, I think that it's also, like, a call, I guess, to get to know, not get to know, to invest in people more. Like, I remember when we went to Dr. O'Hanley's, like, Celebration of Life or whatever. I hate that term. Um, And they, like, people, like, went up there and told stories and told how he affected them. That, for me, was really sad because I was like, wow, this was truly an incredible man who I did not know. Like, I knew him, but I did not know him. Like, in, it's kind of like in, actually, yeah, in Spanish, there's saber and conocer, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, but it's something like saber cannot be, no, conocer cannot be used for a person, but saber can, and one of them is like a deeper knowing. Um, whatever one can be used for a person is like a deeper knowing, I think. Something like that. And I think that there's a difference, like, or I think that it's a call to a deeper knowing. So part of me is disappointed, like, yeah, I'm never gonna know. I, I'm just gonna use Dr. Hanley. I'm never gonna know Dr. Hanley the way that grandpa knows him. But at the same time, in me, there's kind of this excitement. Like, who can I get to know at a deep level and invest in them so that when they die, I can say, I know this person and I want to contribute to whatever community they were a part of by telling their story and by telling who they were like who what their emotions were that they experienced a lot and what they like I don't know even like small things like did they like heavy whipping cream in their coffee right like things like that but I so part of me is not really sad it's more just like oh but then I think a greater part of me is excited and feels a call to action that I, like, that I can get to know people, and that's almost not really a duty, like, I don't think it's my duty to get to know people and to invest in people, but it is very much called to action for me. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that I just, I'm not very good at, like, I don't put this into practice, but it makes me um feel feel different that there's not a word for what i feel um i think the best word is agitated when um and i don't feel i don't feel this all the time it's not like every time i hear about someone who passed away i'm like oh man i like there goes another person that i didn't get to meet but more like there's I, everyone lives such interesting life. Like some people's lives are just so interesting, and it's a 
I don't like that I like I want to look, meet more people and hear about their stories and even little stories like um like growing up my mom and dad always took us to town on Sundays and we went to the candy store and we got to get one lollipop and I remember you know like little stories yeah like that that are just everyday life stories and I I just love those and I don't know I I think that also like we don't like this is about to get real philosophical but in America like there's not an opportunity anymore to have um occasions i'm trying to choose my words very carefully here in america we don't really have the opportunity to have occasions for storytelling in community and i think that like and so like when i did mission work in indianapolis and it was when i interned so i was there for like five and a half weeks and there was one guy, Terry, and he would come over, I think, like, at least twice a week. He would come over to us, and he would sit down, and you could go and gather around him like he was your grandpa, <gasps> and he would just tell stories. And, like, he would just tell, and, like, it's not, they weren't even always, like, huge stories, like, huge important ones in his life, but just, like, telling a story about how his granddaughter Toria that day made him act like a horse and how fun it was or something like that and but I think those stories I think like the little things are what make up people it's not necessarily the big huge things um but I think that we need to foster more of a culture for just telling the story of our lives. And I think a lot of people actually like to hear the story of other people's lives. Or like the other day, one of my friends, she was just like, how did you, literally she just asked me, how did you become the way that you are? <laughs> and she just wanted my life story. And like, yes, there, like we were meeting in a certain context. So like, I knew that she didn't want like, all my personality traits but like in the story that I told her a lot of my personality traits like I was like this is how this personality trait came out like confidence or whatever um and I think that we don't make time for that or we make time for that for a big for big names like I don't know why the person that came to my brain was Kobe Bryant like <laughs> you know how he became a basketball player but like do you know how he um met his wife maybe not so i think that we need to foster a culture of storytelling and of finding out other people's stories and i think that's actually a culture that other people are interested in and there's also like literally like the humans of new york is that what's called like that's literally just for hearing people's stories yeah there's also um um Oh, gosh. Well, there's a podcast that, um, well, it didn't start as a podcast, but uh, there's an app that you can 
record an interview and they have interview booths set up across the country um, and you can interview anybody and all of these interviews are saved into the Library of Congress. So we end up having just this big collection of stories of people's lives and everyday lives, which is really cool. So I guess the question for our listeners to think of is, I mean, uh, what are your thoughts on what we've been talking about? Do you think, do you think it's important to be remembered? Um, how are people remembered? And um, yeah, I guess maybe challenge you to learn something new about someone that you know well, or start to learn some things about someone you don't know well. Well, send us an email at um, cluecopodcast at gmail.com. That's cluecopodcast at gmail. Or send us a DM at cluelist underscore content. Peace out. Go be remembered. Impact someone. (laughs) Bye. Thank you.